The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and our first show of 2013. Happy New Year to all of our listeners, and I hope it's going to be a wonderful year for you, as I'm sure it's going to be for me and my guest today, Anaya Sophia. When I was uh, setting up the shows for the end of the, the cycle, uh, 2012 and all that, and I was looking for who I thought would be the best representatives of the guests uh, to bring us into the, the end times, as it were, and if you recall, I, ch- I chose Neil Kramer and Matt Kahn Meg Blackburn and George Cavasilis, and, and in some ways they were the four pillars of uh, our understanding of shifting into this uh, new situation that we are co-creating right now. At the time, I didn't know um, that Anaya was actually going to be the fifth element, the ether that hangs all of this together in a beautiful uh, masculine-feminine embrace and perfect balance and harmony. So I'm so happy, Anai, that you're going to be with us today and, and to fill us in on such profound information and, and, and work that you have, you have uh, worked through yourself and are now presenting. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Pete. Wow, that was quite an intro. <laughs> well, it's the truth. It's what's happened. So we've got to talk our truth, haven't we? Exactly. I'm always interested uh, in, in the show to, to get our guests uh, to explain to our listeners how they came to their spiritual journey or their spiritual mission because many, many of our listeners are waking up at this time at all sorts of ages and circumstances and situations. So it's always helpful for them to hear, I think, how things began for our guests. So so how did it all start for you? Well, it definitely has to be uh, the configuration in which I was born, which was um, an only child. And within, I would say, months of being born, this kind of blanket of what I would call acute loneliness started to set in, and that this has really been my uh, my trigger, if you like, that uh, breaks open into that sort of more spiritual aspect of being. And I remember really getting stuck into this sense of loneliness, and I was only seven years old. I was coming down the steps of Sacré-Cœur in Paris, a beautiful, beautiful cathedral, um, white cathedral set high abo- above Montmartre, above the artistic community. And I was holding my dad's hand. Mum was walking up ahead in front. And I saw this beggar um, sat down on the steps on the Sacré-Cœur. 
and he immediately caught my attention so much so that I just couldn't take my eyes off him, even as I walked past with my dad. And you've got to remember, this is a little seven-year-old girl holding on to her father's hand. Anyway, this, this attraction just got stronger and stronger, and there was no way I could walk past and not make contact with this man. So I wriggled out of my father's firm grip and ran back to this tramp, this beggar, that's kind of how he looked, and I placed my hands on top of his hands. His hands were cupped as if asking for something. And this obviously caused him to look up because someone had made contact with him. And I will never, ever forget the intensity of the blue color in his eyes. And his eyes were what I would call filled with love. They were wet, there was moisture, and there was a smile in the corner of the eyes. And when this happened, Pete, that was the moment I realized that I wasn't totally alone on this planet. It was as if I'd seen uh, another one like myself. And although seven is a very early age to say that the spiritual path begun, but in, in truth, it had. It was such a huge turning point. <laughs> and uh, my father, he kind of went into panic mode, imagining that I was having this, you know, moment with this tramp. And so he tried to pull. He, he literally had to pull me off this guy. I didn't want to leave him. I just kept, you know, begging mom and dad to do something. And I didn't even know what that meant. And <laughs> they certainly didn't. But that was it, Pete. That moment, seven years old, Sakaka in Paris. Wow. I know it well. Beautiful spot. <laughs> yeah. Now, in, in more recent years, um, your work has, has uh, focused in on working with the sacred feminine and sacred masculine, particularly through the womb space. Uh, yes. How, how did that all begin for you? Well, let me just tag the two things together. So, Please seven do. years old... Seven years old, I saw this guy on the steps of Sacre-Cœur. I saw what I call the face of love, true love, free love. Um, and from that moment onwards, I just continued to, to try to find those eyes everywhere. And being, you know, a young woman went into my pubescent time, being a young mom, woman, imagining that these eyes will reappear in my partner, which they obviously didn't. And, you know, they didn't even reappear in my own self. So going from one failed relationship after the other, and what seemed to happen for me was this, this boredom would set in months after settling into a new relationship. And this would frustrate me deeply. And so I started to, to look at the nature of the masculine and the feminine. You know, what was going on? What's this thing that my parents used to call the battle of the sexes. I remember mum and dad arguing at home, and mum would try to console me, saying, oh, it's just a battle of the sexes. You know, uh, men and women, we're, we're different. Your father will never understand me, and I'll never understand him. <laughs> and that just left me feeling, hmm, I shall figure this out. I shall work <laughs> this out. Anyway... So life continued and I just kept on ending those relationships and leaving a trail of broken hearts in my wake. And then 
uh, I went through a Kundalini yoga teacher training process and I was teaching yoga for the best part of 12, 13 years. And no matter how much of myself I opened and, you know, no matter how deep my consciousness became, I would still hit this, what I would call the dead zone in relationships. I knew, Pete, I had sensed there was something to do with sexuality that was unhealed. And no matter how much yoga or meditation I did, it was not going to even scratch the surface of this. I knew I was sat on a big one. And it was just a matter of time before, you know, the lid of Pandora's box would be finally lifted. <laughs> and, how, and how did it lift? It lifted in 2009 when I went for my um, yearly smear test uh, in, in England. It's called a smear test in the, st- in the States. It's a pap smear. And I got a phone call from the hospital saying that I had a severe case of cervical cancer, that it was at grade four, and that meant I had to make arrangements immediately to go and have surgery. And so, and I, as soon as I put the phone down, Pete, I realized, here we go. (laughs) There cannot be any more running from this dark feeling inside of you that you know that you have to heal something with your sexuality. That's that's a pretty remarkable story that you were sort of teetering on the edge of knowing this and then you were basically forced into it. Well, yeah. I mean, with the Kundalini yoga, um, you know, training and and daily uh, practice, your consciousness opens. You can see so clearly, you know, what's going on about yourself. You may not turn into it and face it and heal it, but there's no getting away from where where you're tripping, you know, where you're falling short of your own your own true self. You could, I could tell immediately if I was lying. I could tell immediately if I was holding something back. And I just knew the more yoga I did, the more obvious it was that there needed to be a very big healing within my sexual nature. So how did you go about that? Well, luckily, I was moving from England to France at the time. The, the nurse who called me wanted me to go immediately straight into my local hospital. And I explained that I couldn't do that because I was moving and there was no way I could reverse my plans, although she was suggesting that I did. So I said to her, I will um, make appointment to, to go into hospital at my nearest French town which she finally agreed to, but obviously this was going to take some time for the notes from England to make their way to the French hospital. And um, this time uh, lasted eight weeks. She didn't realize it would take quite so long, but I, I kind of made a promise to her, as soon as the notes turn up, I will register in France and I will have the surgery. And she was kind of settled. She was settled with that arrangement, that agreement. And so, you know, she could uh, show the system, so to speak, that I was in progress and that I would have the surgery and it would be when the notes turned up in France. And so 
I was walking into the unknown. I didn't know how to heal this, Pete. I had no idea. But this is another very interesting and important fact. I had only just started writing Womb Wisdom. I had literally, I think it was the third or the fourth day from settling into this process to co-write Womb Wisdom. And then I get this telephone call. So working with this manuscript, because I was the part of Womb Wisdom, I was going to be the guinea pig. I was the one who was going to work with this consciousness that was coming through the, my co-author. I was going to work with this and see how this settled inside the body and then report back. So now I couldn't go through this process at my leisure, thinking this was going to be some kind of Mm, wild and creative adventure. Oh no, now I had to work with this, this consciousness, these, these ideas that my co-author was bringing through and actually, you know, experiment on myself and see whether these deep intergender wounds, traumas and, and emotional injuries can in fact get healed by these old ancient methods. So you actually were the, the guinea pig in the fast track experiential method. Yeah, exactly. And I really did. We, we both did. We thought that we were going to go through this process very leisurely. You know, it was going to be fun. It was going to be wild, you know, insightful. Um, you know, two artists delving into new material. But in fact, life or rather God had a totally different plan. <laughs> wow. Now I had to head first, go into it head first and, and authentically, you know, really deep, authentic research and delving. And, and one gets the impression from the way you're speaking that you actually healed from it. Yeah, absolutely. In a very, very short span of time. But uh, I must say I was working day and night on healing this. So it's not as if, you know, I was very lucky. I did have this, this space to write and to experiment and to explore. I didn't have to, you know, get up and go to work for eight hours a day. I didn't have to even to tend to my family. I really had no responsibility other than to myself. So when I say within eight weeks, it was gone, the cancer had disappeared with no trace. It was because I was using every waking and sleeping moment to to heal this. So what did the uh, surgeons say when they when you showed up after eight weeks and didn't need the surgery? Well, it went my my results took another ten weeks to be confirmed. So I got the telephone call saying you're healed, but we won't give you the full confirmation until we've passed your notes around other hospitals in France and taken them back to England for, for like secondary confirmation. So, so it's like, oh, God, you know, I've had this news. It looks like you're healed, but you've got a further 10 weeks to wow. really sit with it. Yeah, yeah. Really, that, that's, know, that's a challenge too, hey? Yeah, I know, because I know from people I work with that, you become so dependent upon those results and confirmations and otherwise. So, and I, we're going to come to our first break right now, and, and um, we'll come back and we'll talk about these wounds when we return because obviously this method can be used for healing of any and all sorts of uh, illness and disease.
Yeah, absolutely. It's Peter Tong for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where the uh, actually my latest newsletter will be up very shortly, um, which will be talking about the events of the 12-12-12, the 21-12 that we were involved in and what my conclusions were, and also a Sagittarius Landscape Zodiac workshop that took place also in December. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com, where the Ambassadors of uh, Lights program there, and we have a show actually this Thursday where I'll be talking a little bit about the new energies and, and what that means for us uh, in the future. So I have with me today Anaya Sophia, and, and I was telling us before the break how she was plummeted into really going deep within to look at the healing of her own cervical cancer from within, deep within the womb. And it was just fascinating that she was at that time involved in co-authoring a book called Womb Wisdom, which is a, a superb book, which we'll come back to later on. But let's let's just broaden the, the, the story out a bit, Anaya, and just talk about the healing of, of all gender-based uh, emotional injuries in, in the womb space, as it were. Okay. Well, what happened for me, Pete, is... Um once I'd got into the actual body, we'll come to the body work in a section. Let me just explain the emotional healing aspect. 
You see, the thing is, obviously, with the womb, the womb is the house of the feminine principle. And the, the job, if you like, of the feminine principle is to really deeply feel all and every type of emotion. And so I realized that to, to heal this part, the emotional uh, connections that was causing, absolutely causing the cervical cancer, it was my job to go into my consciousness, to go into my, my feeling self, and to inquire, no matter how radical, no matter how mad, no matter how chaotic it seemed, I had to inquire into the emotional uh, uh, flavors that was causing this disease, this eating disease. That's a very important word to put in there about cancer. And so I allowed myself to speak freely. I went into a mild trance with my co-author and I also went into aspect of uh, automatic writing. So because, you know, time is ticking, there was there was obviously the fear of death hovering around me. Um, and so I just uh, I, I didn't edit. I didn't edit what I was saying. I didn't hold back and I didn't manage the emotions that started to show themselves. And what immediately didn't take any time at all, what immediately started to rise up was this incredible rage, or rather wrath. It wasn't a mild frustration. It wasn't a slight irritation. It was a full-bodied uh, wave of pure rage towards the masculine. It wasn't towards my father. It wasn't towards my current partner. It wasn't towards, um, you know, the men on the planet. This was all of mankind, but um, it definitely had a taint of something very, very ancient. And when I asked to see clearly where this was coming from, I started to see images of what looked like the Pharaoh. It was def definitely ancient Egyptian uh, imagery, dress, dress and, and culture. So, you know, because of the cervical cancer, this fear of death hovering, I just went straight into this vision and just allowed myself to keep speaking out everything I was experiencing. And I, I didn't have much historical uh, intellect in my system already, so this was quite wild what was coming through. And it was a sense of this incredible war that was happening between men and women in ancient Egypt. Um, it seemed like it was one of the, one of the dynasties. And that sexual energy was at the core of this wound. And that sexual energy at this time in the epoch, at, at this time in the, in the culture, was being used in a very distorted and manipulative way. And this was what the, the men and the women were fighting over. And it was all going horribly, horribly wrong. It was like, it was like there was a poison in the, in the culture. And as soon as I realized those words, there is a poison in the culture, I recognized that very same poison was also inside my cervix, as some, it seemed, as some sort of memory. So can you tell us how that poisoned culture became poisoned? Okay, well, okay, so first of all, we have to realize and recognize that um, civilizations move through either predominantly masculine 
or predominantly feminine. Now, at the birth, at the birth of the glorious uh, ancient Egyptian culture that, you, you know, that we still remember, that is still so beautifully documented, this was a time when um, the energies on Earth were mostly feminine. So it's the feminine principle. And obviously, feminine and masculine energies flow through both of us, throw, fl flow through men and women. When the feminine principle is top-heavy, we will find ourselves naturally interested in magic, arts, decoration, you could say fashion, but that's a word for this for this day and age. Beauty, uh, movement, massage, bodily bodily sensations, and all of the arts fields, and that includes obviously the spiritual and and uh, psychological aspects as well. So, so as a species, we're very artistic, very feeling, very intuitive, and very very expressive. And this was what was happening in ancient Egypt. And it was all very beautiful and it was all very harmonious and everyone was very happy. And there was a great abundance that swept through the kingdom. But like anything, as soon as it starts to come out of balance, we start to slide into the shadow. So obviously the beautiful work that was happening with the the adornment of the body and sexuality starting started to go into a, a darker aspect so now we start to get to we we get to hear these words sex magic there was sexual rituals so sex now wasn't being balanced with the heart or with the soul sex was now becoming like the main power the main inspiration and the beautiful ways of working with magic in, in a beautiful, harmonious balance with the five elements started to, again, distort and be used instead of magic, but now manipulation. And instead of this beautiful feminine principle flowing through both men and women, the priestesses, the women, started to claim this uh, feminine principle as very much their own and kind of very gently in a very sort of sophisticated and manipulative way start to push the masculine away, almost suggesting, hey, this isn't for you, but it's for us. And so that that divide started to happen. But it, it had already happened in Lemuria and Atlantis. Egyptian was just another cycle of the divide, the separation coming between the genders. Anyway, just to summarize, um, there was a great war in the last dynasty of Egypt, the one that brought the last and final plague, where priests and priestesses were just openly and advertently using sexual magic and manipulation to weaken and, is, and destroy one another's mystery schools. And uh, the feminine principle was using the very fine art of manipulation, very sophisticatedly getting into the man's mind and just placing these little poisonous seeds in a way that he wouldn't even notice. And of course, Pete, this is still happening, basically, <laughs> bottom line. 
the feminine principle, this can be masculine, uh, this can be men or women, we both still have that very poisonous little art of being able to manipulate one another. So this, this obviously led to an incredible level of distrust uh, between oh. uh, the masculine and the feminine energies and also presumably into this uh, separation or even fragmentation of... That's uh, exactly right. This was... This, I would say ancient Egypt is the last, the last deepening of this wound. I would be surprised if it could get any deeper. But you see, now everyone's talking about, well, hey, it's the return of the divine feminine. The feminine principle is coming to earth. <laughs> um, the, you know, the feminine consciousness. Well, this is the first area she, it will look in the art, in the house of relationship. These wounds need to be healed. They're still with us. They're playing themselves out in, in daily coupling and relationships across the planet. And so uh, it's time to begin the healing process uh, from deep, deep within all of us, isn't it? Yes, now, absolutely. I just just before we go to our second break, I just because the men listening may be thinking, well, we're talking about womb space here. What's what's the equivalent womb space for men? Yeah, great question. Oh, you want me to answer it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just before we go <laughs> okay. to break. Yeah. Okay, the womb space for a man is called the Hara or the Dantian, and it is pretty much in the same location as his body. To be exact, it is three fingers below his navel point, his belly button. So for the woman, the womb is kind of like the throne of her queendom. This is her centerpiece. This is where women need to be seated cleanly and authentically. For the horror, the Dantian, this is the, this is the throne of the man's kingdom. He needs to be seated on this um, source of power which needs to be clean and authentic it is his deep well of his divine masculine sacred masculine essence and in terms of uh, illness and disease that's connected to the prostate gland isn't it yeah that's right that's right so yes. you look at all of the internal issues that women have and all the issues men have with their prostates and this is the energy that we're talking about here Absolutely. This is the area of relationship, relationship with self and relationship with other. So we'll take our second break and I, and when we come back, we'll actually talk about right relationship and how we can begin this healing process. It's Peter, okay. it's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. 
Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaim TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining me today. Just a big thank you to our sponsors for this 13-week series of shows. GuyamTV.com, Opening Your Mind, Awakening Your Spirits, Original Interviews with Great Visionaries, the world's first online video library devoted to supporting your awakening journey. And I'm really hoping that all of our listeners right now are on their awakening journey as we move into 2013. TV.com. And there is a banner on the host page where you can get a free 10-day trial to see if Guyam TV is for you. So please check that out. Having me today, Anaya Sophia, and we are talking about the original separation and the conflicts that arose between the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine. And now we're going to talk about how we can begin the journey back to wholeness and completeness in the whole and healed state and return the planet to a golden era of peace. Just a minor topic, Anaya, for you to (laughs) take on. (laughs) So so how do we begin this process of healing? Okay, well, to get to the womb or the horror, we have to take what I call the royal road. So the royal road is our healing journey through our sexuality to be able to get to these, what I call the clean and authentic throne that sits in the womb and the, and the horror. So there's this, there's this space there. There's this space that is awaiting its king and its queen. And at the moment, you know, most of us are mostly princes and princesses. <laughs> well, I know I certainly was. And so the royal road is what I would call the sacred heart of healing sexuality. I tried quite a few tantric classes and tantric teachers and tantric books. And for my configuration, this absolutely was not it. I can see the tremendous value in sexual healing through tantra, but it wasn't for me. 
I felt that the, the real sacred pulse of the loving heart was missing, what I, what I would call the Christed heart. That element just wasn't there. Maybe I was unlucky. I didn't catch it. But for me, that's what made me look towards this, okay, you're on your own. You're going to have to figure this out for yourself. So I took the, the seven chakra um, points as a template, and I broke the journey up from the entrance of the yoni, which is the vagina in a woman, to the, the throne in the womb. And I broke that journey up into seven stages. And I did the same thing for the masculine. I, um, I started the journey off at the perineum. You know, this is not magic. <laughs> You've got to remember I had uh, 12 years worth of yogic anatomy in my brain. So I was able to work out, you know, the seven densities of the of the seven forces of creation. So I started off at the lowest density in the masculine, which is the, the perineum, and I mapped out seven steps and stages through the lingam, the penis of the, of the man, all the way up to, to the hara, the, the throne upon which his king will sit. And so I went through this journey myself, and I realized so the first gate in the, in the woman is the lips of the yoni, the lips of the vagina, the labia. And what did I find there? I found that this area would heal if I applied the sacred heart, so a loving presence of trust. Now, the moment I started to apply those energies, you know, my own self, infusing those energies into my own first gate, whew, up came all the times that I felt an inherent distrust. So I felt that the first gate required an authentic, clean essence of trust in that region. Trust from self, and if you're going to do this journey with another, trust from the partner. And this is the same for, a me for, for the men. I'm going to just very, very quickly go through all, all seven of them. The second gate, what it requires is a sense of innocence, pure, untouched, untainted innocence. And what is often there, the shadow side, is a sense of jealousy, a sense of uh, compare and contrast, both in men and women. The third gate, what we require there for healing is a sense of devotion, so like a devotional act looking at the third gate as if it was an altar, as if it was the, the feet of Christ or whatever. And this is what we need for the third gate. The fourth gate is where we find Lilith and Eve, or Pan and the holy man, Pan and Christ. This is where we find, find the two faces of sexuality, dark sexuality, light sexuality, and the battle but the battle between them, you know, the acceptance of one or the other. The, third, the fifth gate is where we, we require a sacred union, a mystical marriage inside our own selves. So working intimately with our inner masculine and feminine, realizing that we're both and bringing these two aspects together into their own harmonious sacred marriage. The sixth gate is where our uh, seed of holy purpose is lying. How can we really connect with our sense of purpose? This is what's lying at the sixth, lying in wait at the sixth gate. 
this this absolute it's almost like a little scripture this is your holy purpose and so to reach there you got to go through sexuality you got to go through how you really feel being a man or a woman how you really feel about the opposite gender you're never going to get your your sense of holy purpose if you can't comfortably be with these aspects of self and the other then finally at the seventh gate at the throne of the queen at the throne of the king we find the inherent surrender into whatever it was we found at the sixth gate which is the holy purpose so it's like we climb upon our throne sit down with a big sigh and say yes <laughs> whatever it takes i shall fulfill this role this purpose of my life and so for you, for you how has that changed who you are and and, and how you live your life <laughs> it has how has it changed me it has m- made myself unable to accept anything other than this conscious relationship especially with my partner but it but in truth all around me so 360 degrees radius all around me it has given me the uh, the the passionate thrust to share this work that that there is there is an answer and it's not a theory it comes with an experiential experience that there are reasons why our modern day relationships are half-hearted unsatisfying and often breaking up in tears there are reasons there are deep full-bodied reasons and they are pumping through our veins and there are tangible and experiential answers and ways to heal them but both partners it's not even a case of 50-50 anymore it's a case of 100-100 both partners have to come to the table with 100% commit- commitment each person and presumably this extends an eye beyond the, the the partnership into the collective for all members of the human family absolutely yes So as we go through this healing process and set ourselves free from these fragmentations then we're doing that on behalf of the whole of uh, the human life for the future. Absolutely. And and I have come across this many times and in fact it even came through an email again today. So when I was uh, part of the Kundalini Yoga um school, we were always being told that our practice was working on our present self sent seven generations back. and seven generations to come but i just want to tell your listeners that this this spiritual truth is woven into most mystery schools and religions that this healing when we actually stop in our present incarnation and do a very profound healing that the uh, the benefits the freedom can travel through our ancestral line and taint and coat and, and literally touch the soul essence of the seven generations behind us and start to change the configuration of the seven generations to come that's huge <laughs> that's really huge 
You mentioned uh, in, in passing the Christ in hearts, and I know that you wanted to talk about the threefold flame on the show today. Yes. So, so just fill our listeners in on that. Well, briefly, for me, Christ, Jesus Christ and <clears throat> Mary Magdalene, this is what I feel that they were teaching. This is absolutely what I sense that they were bringing, you know, to, to the planet at that time. Only last summer it came out um, in a scripture recently that Mary Magdalene was indeed Jesus Christ's wife and that they had a very intimate and loving and uh, experiential relationship. And um, so I have always felt this as a little child and again, particularly on the steps of Sacre Coeur at the age of seven. You know, I saw something very real there, Pete. And where was I? I was coming out of a cathedral in the heart of Paris. And so this, this, this meeting with that guy on the steps just set me in motion as into wa wanting to know what are the true teachings of Jesus Christ. And I expl explored religion and I explored channeling and I explored spirituality and I have pieced everything together and I am very confident in my own soul in saying this is an aspect of their teachings. They taught together, they taught the threefold flame, which is what we are made of. They called it love, power and wisdom. Obviously love would be the heart, wisdom is the soul and power is the womb and the horror. They spoke very openly of, of awakening those three forces. And if we just cross the board a moment and look at alchemy, we realize that it is precisely those three forces that make up alchemy or high magic, whatever you want to speak, uh, say about it. And this is what really excites me. In the Bible, in every version I've ever read, it says that Jesus Christ sent out 72 pairs of disciples out into the world. And I have checked again and again and yet again. It doesn't say anywhere that he sent out two men. <laughs> the words are, and he sent out 72 couples. Now, why on earth would he send couples if it wasn't to do with relationship? So now we're actually at our final break here. We'll take the break now and we'll return shortly. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? 
Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Having with me today, Anaya Sophia, who's giving us a wonderful insight into the sacred womb space and its great significance for both men and women. So, Anaya, just let uh, our listeners know about your information, how they can uh, follow up on your work and any events and projects that you have on the go. Well, the website is easy enough to remember. It's my full name, AnayaSophia.com. And there's plenty of stuff to explore there. There's articles, there's meditations, there's videos, there's events, there's art. Both uh, myself and my beloved Luke, we're also artists. And not only are we capturing this essence in word through the various books, we're also looking to capture this very raw, potent, sacred union energy that's flowing through us. And doing our very humble best to get it mm, situated onto canvas as well. So it's a very interactive site. And throughout the whole of February and March, we will both be on the west coast of the States doing some workshops called Eros Gamos, Sacred Sexual Union. In May, we will be celebrating at the Gypsy Festival in St. Marie de la Mer, a little famous town in France, uh, famous with the arrival of Mary Magdalene, Joseph of Arimathea and Martha, and perhaps a few more. We will also be celebrating Magdalene's feast day, the 22nd of July, with a retreat in France. So, And all of this is on the website under events. And also, finally, I have another book coming out called Sacred Sexual Union, that's coming out in the States in April and coming out in Europe in May. And that's with Inner Traditions. Fantastic. So uh, www.aniasophia.com, A-N-A-I-Y-A-S-O-P-H-I-A, aniasophia.com, and you can get all of Anaya's information there. So we're in the last segment of the, of the show, Anaya, so let's just go back to the threefold flame and the love, power, and wisdom, and and anything else you want to add about that? Okay, so with the love, power, and wisdom. So when we first come into these relationships, 
the first part I feel, which is the foundational stone, which is the sexual healing. That's the first part that we can start to feel the tangible effects of trust returning. See, if you if you do what I did, I went in to the spiritual path and the first thing I attempted to heal was the heart. And so I would often scratch my head wondering why on earth are my relationships not working and why is it that I have this deep dissatisfaction and disconnection with the sexual part of my my being. So I realized, oh my goodness, a huge element needs to be healed within our sexuality. And it is so simple. It is trust. We actually, men and women, do not trust one another. And no one can go anywhere until that is in place. So that is the healing of power. That is the healing of that aspect of the threefold flame. We have to restore a sense of trust in our own selves that gets extended out into including the other. And that that requires incredible, uh, Uh, not only trust, but communication uh, when you aren't feeling in a state of trust and and having the courage to do that. That's right. Transparency, vulnerability. We are so fragile, Pete. Human beings and their emotions are so fragile and we have to we have to begin to honor that in ourselves and recognize that the other, our partner, is also just as fragile and that they too are going to be feeling so vulnerable in this new process. And communication is the number one element that needs to be in place to restore trust. We have to be able to tell the transparent truth how we are feeling without projection or judgment. And, you know, there's no books on that. There's no teachers sharing that yet. Everyone's talking and, and sharing about how to be transparently spiritual. But what about here? What about in the 3D? What about in, in relationships? What about in the depths of matter, in this incarnation? How are we supposed to be transparent to the other when we are scared stiff that they're going to hurt us? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I interrupted. Yep. You were going to carry on. To- no, that's okay. Second step is the, is heart. So uh, using the initiation that Christ went through, betrayal, um, denial, judgment, separation, and abandonment, and just taking those five steps and stages through the passion, moving the religion out of the way and bringing them into our 21st century and realizing, oh my God, they are totally the same five steps one has to go through in order to to awaken this deep, rich, timeless, eternal heart. Um, And so the, the third and final part, which is wisdom, which is the soul, And this is what I'm calling know thyself. How can we be transparently open if we're not actually in connection with what we're thinking, what we're imagining, you know, the fears as they run through the mind? We have to be able to be able to consciously see what has just come into our minds. 
So the, the, the third aspect of wisdom is being able to really stretch open the field of consciousness and teach or rather connect others to all their different ways that they're operating in, in different spheres of being. So the shadow body, the sexual body, the emotional body, the galactic body. And, and this is something that really helps people to be able to connect to where they're operating in different dimensions and space and time. And it's not hocus pocus. It's not weird spiritual stuff. This is really practical and, and easily graspable. graspable. And also, um, having read your, your material, is the way, in fact, to reconnect back to creator, to source, to God. Yeah, absolutely. Because this split, this separation between men and women is also the great separation between creator and creation. You know, half the planet is like, yay, divine goddess. The other half is like, yay, divine God. <laughs> this separation is so huge. It's playing itself out in relationships, and it's also splitting us right down the middle in our own psyche. Half the planet's religious, the other half spiritual. One's prancing around um, adoring the feminine and the other one is in this masculine consciousness you know there's this man in a white dress and he's seated in heaven there it is again there's the separate the poison of separation yet again and i were actually out of time and i've really really enjoyed the time with you today and i highly recommend uh anaya's book uh, co-authored with uh pa adman and i uh, am going to uh, actually use this book in my next newsletter, Womb Wisdom, Padma and Anaya Ayan Prakasha, co-authored together. So thank you so much today, Anaya. It's been a great uh, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pete, for, for listening and giving me the airspace. <laughs> my pleasure. My guest next week is going to be William Whitecloud, talking about his book, The Last Shaman which has been quoted as being like the alchemist and the Celestine prophecy. Now, the last shaman is poised to take its rightful place among the spiritual classics of our time. So I hope you will join me uh, with William Whitecloud next week. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.